Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Sean, and I'm here with my great co-host, Sergeant Steve. Yeah. And today we're, well, we're getting into the trenches, uh, quite literally in some places. Yeah, maybe not literally. Metaphorically with a movie, these characters are literally in the trenches. And yeah, we're talking about the the phenomenal, I think, uh, Oscar-winning, major BAFTA award-winning film from Sam Mendes, 1917. Uh, a pretty recent film for us, you know? This one came out in 2019. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's fresh in our minds and not just because we watched it a little while ago. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So let's get into this one. You're listening to more movies. Please. Pow, blam, boom, kaboom, smack, Pow knife, is shank, blam. Correct, because just with this film... It was should have been so many screams. I don't think this is one of the times I'm okay with no Wilhelm for this film, Uh but more screams could have worked. Yeah. Yeah. For a war movie, I'm a little, I think I'll echo that. I'm a little surprised there weren't more screams. Mm. There were a lot of things that would make people scream, but I guess they just died too quickly to get that air out of their lungs. I think there was a couple of times where a Wilhelm moment could have happened that like where I think it would have cheapened the film, Mm -hmm. but like, were there such intense explosions for bodies getting thrown apart that Uh, that kind of scream would have could happen but i i honestly think it would have cheapened this one probably yeah if it was that that last run that that schofield was taking exactly. to, to get to the captain or whatever and it's just every scream is wilhelm scream wilhelm scream yeah that, as that, these people are getting blown apart that was the moment i was thinking of but i was just like it would cheapen that moment but definitely <laughs> really would. wouldn't be surprised for it to come out of that kind of attack because damn oh rough right rough you'd hate to be in like a company there for that last final charge mm-hmm. right as you know the kid is running across saving everybody's lives yep ah that's sad that's sad and and you realize that okay where well, i'm jumping ahead quite a bit but he he got there but not quite in time yeah it was one of those we don't we can circle back to this yeah. epic run because this run is like freaking trailer gold i think it was trailer gold that mm-hmm. probably is what you know kicked off or, or put the put the cap on that trailer there mm-hmm. but just it's a good moment even the opening of the film when they're just walking across the encampment yeah going through those trenches those those miles and miles of trenches oh i'm just talking about like they went walking to go get their orders oh just that little thing from the from the like field of flowers yeah because like that alone just showed like they're talking about oh i'm hungry are we getting food today and then just seeing them and you're like seeing everything's being told to you in this tiny little walk right here you're seeing soldiers burnt out people trying to eat gearing up some a little bit of injuries but like just in a Less than a minute, you're getting the the scope of what this kind of fight is happening right here. So you're telling me, Stephen, that this is a well-written movie, too? Well-written, well-shot. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. Uh, Their one-shots were just... Oh, man. Yeah, come on. But I, you know, once they get their orders and once they're off, oh, I yeah. mean, it's that movie, the, the movie becomes very um, it, it's single minded, not in a bad way, but mm-hmm. it's like, here's their mission. They need to do it. But I, I agree with you before then, we've got to sort of place the audience in the movie and, and help understand what's happening to these people and these two soldiers. And exactly. they did a fantastic job of that in like just a 
few short minutes. Yeah. And it's just, and they barely were even talking about it. Like they talked about the stuff that was happening to these two soldiers, as yeah. you said, but they were showing us everybody. So they were just like literally building the story so well at the beginning. Yeah. And then like the first major conversation they have, you hear the orders and you're like, fuck. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Germans have pulled out. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a trap. Look, look at all these aerial shots we have. They're going to fuck us up. Yeah. Big time. So you need to go over there. Just you two alone and save a, a good portion of like the British army. 1600 <laughs> soldiers or yeah. souls probably would have been a better way of saying it. They probably did say it that way. Yeah. And then so not only did they have that and then like, oh, by the way, we picked you as well because your brother is in that group. Yeah. Yeah. I I see why they picked him. I, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Thinking about it now, a part of me wonders, why didn't they send more? Why, if they were pretty certain that they, you know, the, the trenches on the other side were pretty cleared out and they seemed really certain about that. Why not send like, I don't know, 10 soldiers or something? I guess, you know, it was slowed things down and we're talking about a movie here. So we yeah. need that dramatic tension and we need we need it to really hurt when things happen to either of these people. Mm-hmm. But from like just a strategic point of view, yeah. I think, why did this it seems like a very smart general person like stick the fate of all of these 1600 souls in the hands of two probably barely 18 year olds so i can give some defense to that not entirely because like okay sending more would be smart especially if you have them go on different routes oh yeah yeah but i can see why sending two is good because it's easier for two to sneak by the areas that still have german soldiers than yeah. a whole squad I think you're right. That's exactly but, what but I was imagining. Still, like it's all risky, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I a part of me, I, I, I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they did have like a backup team or a couple of them. Like, well, that let's team send did out. not make make it there. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, Schofield made it, but nobody else did. But mm-hmm. you know, if I were leading this this encampment, this battalion, if I were Colin Firth, yeah, I might send some backups you know have some alternates yeah just in case but yeah hey whatever doesn't really matter uh the movie was gripping without it anyway mm-hmm. and oh it, it was really bleak too <laughs> because literally you get those orders and blake the minute he found out it's his brother like nobody's telling him anything like he just takes off and he <laughs> oof, it's just like uh, yeah, I mean, even Schofield. Schofield was like, "What did I sign up for here? I, why am I your friend? Why are you doing this?" Yeah, to me? he was complaining for a bit, and then he's like, "No, like I'm with you. I'm going with you. Like I just wanted to yeah. fucking bitch at you because it's your <laughs> yeah. fault, but whatever." Yeah, which is we were hanging out under a tree just a little while ago. This was so much nicer than this garbage. Yeah, like which is fair, but then like every time Schofield tries to tell him like, "Let's wait till dark." Yeah. He's like, nope, I'm going like, I don't care if there's a fucking like firing squad across this field. I'm walking through it to get to my brother. <laughs> like, I got my mission, man. There was, you know, I got, I got to see my brother. Nothing stopping him. Yeah. I got, I got to see old Lieutenant Blake. Mm-hmm. I never gave a first name. I don't think for him. Um, yeah, no, Blake, uh, very, very courageous, very valiant. I would say, you yeah. know, and, and ultimately both of them, but yeah, I agree with you. Blake was just, I mean, he, he was in, he was there. He was committed. He's like, nothing's going to stop me because mm. I don't think it was just for his brother. I think he really understood the weight of the potential loss. Yeah. If they didn't get that message across. I feel like it's the weight of how many people would die. Yeah. Kind of equaled the intensity of wanting to save his brother just because like both were such high stakes for him. 
Yeah. That it oh, yeah, yeah. could easily be an equal emotion right there. Yeah. Especially back then when I think people signed up, like signing up for a war was mm-hmm. such a major part of somebody's personal identity. Like it's what you did. Oh, and yeah. if you didn't, then you were, what kind of person were you? They had that, they kind of addressed that when they were talking about where's your ribbon for Schofield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. He seemed really disappointed. Like, why wouldn't you show that off? Isn't mm-hmm. this, aren't we doing the best thing we'll ever do in our lives? Come on, man. Yeah. And that, that was an interesting little commentary there. They didn't address on it as much, like why he was so willing to give away his medal. Yeah, I think Schofield was not as patriotic as Blake was. I think he he was there and he was doing his duty, but he was, I mean, as we see at the end, like he had something that he really wanted to return to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like not as patriotic, had something to return to. And also probably like seeing how human life is being thrown away, like yeah. not not always, but often enough kind of with trench warfare like that mm -hmm. just that brutal way of fighting kind of makes you not want to like be honored for participating yeah yeah i i don't think the movie ever talked about it but i wonder how much longer schofield had been part of the war part of the fighting yeah uh i i wouldn't be surprised if blake was more of a newer soldier exactly uh yeah but nothing was going to stop them not even rats that trip bombs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not even rest of trip bombs not even uh, uh even before that uh getting your hands sliced open by some barbed wire oh yeah that, not even tetanus and then like gangrene or something yeah because that was just like that made me the first time i saw it so yeah. squeamish because like okay getting your hand cut open on a barbed wire that one bugged Ooh, me. that sucks and that was and, deep yeah oh yeah no it like stuck he, he it slipped in his hand he was trying to crawl through some barbed wire it slipped mm-hmm. in his hand and then stuck itself right in the middle of his palm yeah and he had to I mean, sorry, trigger warning everybody for squeamish moments, but this is 1917 we're talking about. He yanks, like pulls that barbed wire stud out of his hand and it looks bad from the get go. And then like he's just trying to balance around and then freaking Blake trips when jumping into the same hole and pushes him to the point where he has to put his hand down and he puts his hand through a corpse. It like into the the like decaying corpse or chest of this corpse. Uh And like this guy was not looking like newly dead or anything. Mm -mm. It it was, oh God, it just now it makes my skin crawl because do you think, okay, okay, this isn't bad. And this is 1917. Uh, I don't know when penicillin was invented or found out, but uh, fair chance that he's going to die from that little barbed wire wound, but then sticking his hand in some dead guy. Oh, that's not going to help. There's that. And my, my thought is, if he even lives this mission, like survives it, he's going to lose that hand <laughs> if he's <laughs> oh, lucky. I know. And he probably should just just to be safe, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, yeah. After we see him wrap it up. Uh, he he they, tried to wash it a little bit. At yeah. Least they did that. And the amount of times he gets hurt. thrown into different types of water. Oh, I know. Maybe he, he got cleaned out like he might have gotten lucky because he went through a lot. So maybe he gets lucky. True. True. Unless that water is just filled with with bacteria and, and, and microbes and amoebas that are just going to like eat them from the inside out. Well, that last river looked pretty I, clean. Yeah, it did look pretty clean until he climbed out of it. Yeah. Let's say hey, what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. You're in the middle of all this. Uh, there are more important things to worry about than, you know. Is your hand going to fall off? Like, you know, like you alluded to a second ago, what's that rat doing? Should I be worried about this curious little rat who just wants a, a couple of nibbles? Yeah. I And just like, <laughs> how much does that suck? Because like they avoid a tripwire. They're making their way through. This close to tripping it too. And then this fat fucking rat. 
I know. It's just like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chow down on some whatever was hanging from these rafters. Schofield must have had nine lives because he was right fucking next to the explosives. I mean, he he. It seemed like he lost like five of those lives. Uh-huh. He was yeah right there and buried under the rubble and probably not breathing for knocked out for a moment. I was expecting like when I first saw this film, bits mm-hmm. of him to land somewhere. Oh, sure. Yeah. You think, oh, no. <laughs> did that head fall off? Will he not have to worry about getting amputated? Mm-hmm. Did, it, did it fly off of him? Yeah, because that was just an intense explosion. It was. Do you remember seeing that in the theater? Because it it scared the crap out of me. I was, I you know, you see the tripwire and like, oh, God, OK, I'm so glad he didn't trip it. OK, I think we're OK. My ears are going to be OK in this theater. And then the rat comes down and it's still it happens so suddenly it, it made me jump in my seat. Oh, I was at the atmos so that seat just vibrated oh no (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's an intense experience that's i'm pretty sure theater to see this movie i dropped popcorn on myself at that point (laughs) uh can't blame you Mm -hmm. i mean it i I watch this one late at night with headphones on and it's still i knew it was coming and it still kind of shook me a little bit yeah it got me because yeah you think (laughs) oh maybe Maybe the rat isn't so big. Maybe I'll squeeze under there, you know, because you want the tripwire to be about like, I don't know, ankle or, or shin height for humans or so. I was I, I figured the rat was going to trip it. I thought if the rat doesn't trip it, them trying to catch the rat would involve them like mm-hmm. tripping over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it all happens so, so, so fast mm-hmm. as an explosion like that would. Which is good because it wasn't like drawn out. It was just like, fuck, poof. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And okay. Blake's ears are ringing, but Schofield is buried immediately under some rubble. So and just covered in dust to provide a little bit of levity here. That uh, reminded me of the show Archer with his tinnitus going. Mah, mah, mah. <laughs> Damn it, rat. Do you want tinnitus? Because that's how you get tinnitus. Oh, that rat was dead. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh, yeah. That 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 That's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But hey, Blake again and Schofield uh, when, at the end when Schofield meets Blake's brother, he says, yeah, he saved my life. And oh, yeah. it, it was definitely a moment. Yeah, because he was Schofield, buried under rubble. Yeah. And not like, oh, maybe hit the toe of his boot was sticking out, but like his entire body was covered, covered yeah. in this like sandy, like chalky rubble or whatever it was. And that that little cave or the little tunnel tunnel yeah. was collapsing so they had to get yeah. out of there and he couldn't see so if it wasn't for blake he would not have made it out of there even if he got out of the rubble oh, absolutely not yeah he couldn't see and there were there was a point where they had to like take a, a small leap over like this chasm in, mm-hmm. the, t- in the tunnels there uh, like yeah which no Schofield's done yeah which that, that chasm if you could see it was easy enough to clear nothing yeah but not when you can't see <laughs> no yeah and Blake Schofield kept saying like I, I can't do this they can't see and Blake just kept saying you need to trust me just take a leap mm-hmm. I'll, I got you yeah and he did and <laughs> Schofield almost fell backwards but Blake was there yep yep they made and it outside finally, shot that fucking flare <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and Schofield's just like dumping water into his face, trying to wash out his eyes, understandably. Yeah. I mean, he, he's probably got eye cancer, too, on top of his his hand cancer. Uh, it's just it's like I ha- makes you wonder, like <laughs> a year from now, what's Schofield going to look like? Is does he make it home? OK, is he fine somehow? I'm going to say if if the hand didn't do him in, then he should be fine from the rest of it. It's true. I'm sure his ear, his hearing is gone in like yeah. a few years. Uh-huh. Uh, he's definitely got some PTSD. Uh, it, it was mostly dirt and rock. Like he might have his yeah. vision. He may not have as 
greater vision when he gets older because of it. But I don't, I think it won't kill him. Yeah. And he did wash his, his eyes out pretty soon after they got yeah. out of there. So, so other than yeah. maybe some retina damage. Yeah, maybe. Okay. I, and Human I, bodies I can be resilient. Even the time where he got shot in the head, <laughs> which is much oh, later Jesus. on. Yeah. I think the hand was the biggest thing. Yeah, long term, that's going to present the most problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but that that's that. And then they, they finally just start walking, which they have a little bit of peace. Yeah, yeah. Then we get some more character development. And we start mm-hmm. to understand, like, see, uh, we hear about Schofield, like, trashing his, his metal. We hear uh, how Blake was, how he grew up um, with mm-hmm. his mother and his orchards and everything. So just just nice little bonding. And it wasn't completely, like, just serene like you could tell they were walking through a war zone so yeah is it it was it wasn't out of the, the blue it was it fit really well yeah yeah and we get to understand a little bit more of the german side here because we see them like they they deserted their area but they've mm-hmm. also destroyed their guns and they've just left a path of just destruction in their wake yeah smart to destroy oh, their yeah. guns like I, I get that but just to see like what they were willing to do to prevent anybody from getting an advantage just like fuck yeah and then they do some stuff that just really kind of feels heartless to me and to blake too it seemed mm-hmm. like you know they they end up passing through this tiny little home or whatever it was this this farm with a bunch of cherry trees there and they destroyed all the cherry trees too and i thought I get destroying the guns, but just it seems cruel and unnecessary to just chop down all the trees. What's that? What's the point of that? It's definitely cruel. And they literally were just probably thinking we're not going to leave any kind of sustenance for the enemy to be able to feed off of. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. It's one of those like it's cherries really a big enough threat, but like it makes sense, but it still sucks. It really does. It, it It's just some little bit of beauty in the middle of this terrible, terrible war that is just stolen from the earth again. Oh, speaking of beauty that's stolen from the earth onto the plane crash. Whew. <laughs> yeah. What what a shitload of just like bad coincidental like, oh, God, it's bad for a bad step, bad every step of the way. Every I, I can't I I'm, can't say positively everybody in the theater, but. A lot of the people in the theater were fucking yelling at the screen at that point. Matt, that might have been the most shocking moment of the entire film for me, because mm-hmm. you see these two kids get sent off together and you think, well, I can't wait to see both of them like valiantly ride into the sunset, save the day at the end. And then you've got this great um, uh, uh, these brothers coming yeah. together again and seeing each other or again. even just like a heroic death, because this was pretty early on in the film. Yeah, this I mean, I checked the time the time when we got to this point it was close to maybe about like close to halfway through but still it felt early on it with the story felt so early yeah and if we're gonna lose somebody we're all kind of unspokenly leaning towards the brother making it if we're gonna lose one of the two kind of yeah yeah i see your point like you, I, you're, you're kind of more invested like if you think about it you're not yeah. rooting against either one but if you no. think about when you're watching you're assuming if anybody's going to make it, it's going to be the brother. Right. Yeah. At this point, at mm-hmm. this point, because we had just seen them talking. We had seen Schofield kind of like, like brush off his service in the yeah. military. And you see Blake's reaction to it. And I think the movie tries to make you agree with Blake's reaction. Like, oh, why would Schofield do that? What's wrong with him? But it gives Schofield uh, a real 
amazing opportunity to um, complete the mission, but also do it for somebody else. Yep. Because he had no real skin in the game other than the, the 1600 soldiers. It wasn't his brother out there. So, I mean, he could just as easily have said, I'm going home. Bye. Yeah. I got my own family to worry about. But no, like, and this is the thing why I say it sucked because it wasn't even a heroic death. Yeah. Because ah, it was a shitty death. Yeah, it was shitty because like a German soldier crash lands. Yeah. After getting mm-hmm. shot down by a couple other British planes. Yeah. And they see him and the ship's burning and he's screaming because he's starting to burn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And rather than just like shoot him to put it out of his misery, they try to save him. Like both of them, like at that moment, there wasn't like mm-hmm. any discussion. How do we deal with it? They both went to help him. Cause no, like, it was no, there were no sides. It was like, Oh, was like, another human being is dying. It's like right burning to death. And then like, after they pulled him out, then Schofield was like, we should put him out of his misery. Cause like he was burnt. I'm like, okay, you know what? Yeah. It wasn't malicious. It wasn't like he's a German soldier. We need to kill him. It was like, he, he, he looks like he's suffering. He yeah. took a lot of damage. Like we tried. Yeah. But Blake being the super nice guy, he is like, no, get in water. We're going to keep on trying. And this is what pisses me off that the German soldier just, fucking stabs him uh, yeah takes out some some hidden knife and just like sticks him in the gut mm-hmm. and apparently hits an artery some major artery oh yeah because he was this was an amazing scene because yeah Schofield, you get to see like his determination because he kept on trying to move him save him and like going through yeah. gauze and gauze that just get blood soaked like the blood whoever was dealing with the blood on that set mm-hmm. fantastic job in the makeup you could see him like each time he they drop his head and yeah. he pop back up. He's paler each time his head comes back up. Yeah, that's true. I I I was trying to figure this out. I'm still trying to figure this out. I I think there is some makeup at play, but I don't think it's all makeup. I think it's some visual effects happening there because unless there were some hidden cuts happening, mm-hmm. uh, Blake gets paler and paler as you would as you're bleeding out. Yeah, and you see that happen in real time, and that was one of the most astounding moments of the entire film for me to see him just like get so white and ashen over mm. uh, the span of a couple of minutes. So I, I think it was all, I think it was uh, accentuated by some visual effects. Probably. And they probably use a certain type of makeup that, uh, just on him that would be re- easier to color correct individually. Could be. Yeah. But what, yeah. however they did it, this thing was phenomenal, was phenomenal, phenomenal, yeah, heartbreaking, phenomenal. And just so sad. Yeah. And because like we said, you, you I did not expect that it's to happen. Yeah. And there was just one of the saddest death scenes I've ever seen. And before we even get to that part, I just want to say like, I'm pissed at that German soldier for stabbing him. Like, okay, you don't know if they're taking, they're trying to take you as a prisoner of war. They might want to torture you. Like there's so many things, but here's the yeah. thing. They just pulled you from a burning plane. If nothing else that you don't trust them, which I can kind of understand that pull the knife. Don't stab him. Just be like, Hold it against Stay them. Away. Like I'm yeah. leaving. You don't, right. don't come at me. Yeah. If nothing else, like they just saved your life. You spare theirs and you just run. Well, there was a soldier who really bought into their particular cause. It was like, Nope, I don't care about anything but winning. Yep. And it's cost him cause he got shot twice. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, Schofield took care of this guy. He, uh, he got his comeuppance pretty swiftly. Oh, yeah. And that, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think those are like moisten the gods and those fucking bullets are big. Oh, yeah. No, that that it was just a rifle, a big old tiny mm-hmm. rifle. And whenever they shot him off, it's I mean, it sounded like a big, uh, big gun. I've shot those and fucking split bowling pins. 
Yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. You're, you're not walking away from one of those. Yeah. Much less two of them. Mm, so, and then it was just like such a heartfelt scene because like they're both, he's trying to save his friend. Yeah. And yeah. Then, oh yeah. No, like, ugh. like Samwise trying to get Frodo to the, to the mountain. Mm-hmm. Like he keeps trying to pick him up. It's like, I'll carry you. He literally I'll take you where we need him to. Up. Like, yeah, he was doing like the freaking just carrying. But it was just like the wound was so bad. Oh yeah. No, nah, we, we, the audience are seeing like, oh, he's, he's not going to survive this. He's got maybe a minute left. Yeah. He is, he is bleeding out. There's, you have to reach inside of him and like cauterize a wound or something. It's cause and like for a second, he forgets what happens and you see Schofield, like, do I tell him? And he just, yeah. he just is honest with him. Cause he didn't. Yeah. And yeah. Blake asked, am I dying? Uh-huh. <laughs> you can see that hesitation. Like, yes. And just, and Blake's just going literally after he resets kind of like his memory, like you got to get to my brother. He looks like me yeah. just a bit taller. Yeah. And just like, you could see his determination yet again. You're like, fuck. You yeah. just found out you're dying and didn't know why or how, and you're still, you got to save my brother. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he was definitely thinking of family at that point. Yeah. Save my brother and also write to my mother and tell her that I, I, I tried, you know, I, I tried to be brave. Oh, it was, yeah. Try to be brave. He said, tell her I wasn't scared, which later he was, which who can blame him? Well, yeah, come on. Anybody but would be. That was just amazing. Like he didn't want his mom to be any sadder thinking his, her son suffered more than she really has to deal with. Uh, yeah. Goodness. Like, yeah. And this noble. is at a point where, you know, I, pr- presumably, well, I don't know what the family's like. Maybe it's all of her sons away at war. The war is still going to be going on for a little longer. Who knows if Lieutenant Blake, Brother Blake, will ev- eventually make it through? I don't know. Let's hope so. Like, let's hope it's like saving God, Private God. Ryan, where like you're the last one left. We're sending you home. Like yeah. your family's yeah. lost enough. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, you're done, Lieutenant Blake. You're fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would hope so. That, or at least right. we're gonna put you back. Like you're not allowed to go on the field anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, yeah. If, if you want to give orders, that's fine. But right. you're not. You're you're not going out there. <laughs> God, what what a terrible thing to do with a family. Uh, yeah, it brings to mind, uh, Johanna and I were talking about this. Um, you know, I don't know if it was this war or the, the World War II or something, but if you ever, it, I, I don't know if this is true or just anecdotal or whatever, um, but I recall hearing that if families, if brothers would enter into a war, they would purposely separate them into like different battalions mm-hmm. so that if one got wiped out, an entire family wouldn't lose every child they had yep so yeah yeah, yeah I'm no, hoping... no, that, no, that's a that's a true thing it's just because it's, yeah. it's so morbid that it yeah. makes sense yeah and maybe that's what happened here because i i don't know if it was the case that they separated the blakes intentionally or if it was just the older blake was older and maybe he entered into the war sooner earlier than his brother did so they were naturally apart mm-hmm. but yeah i think at this point get the other blake to safety don't put him on the front don't stick him like in the trenches with this this like 1600 person company who's gonna go over and all die the funny thing is like he decided to go with his men he didn't have to yeah he was one of those like no he's if we know him he's with his men he went out with them onto the field that's true yeah they they acknowledge that later which is impressive Uh, (sighs) yeah yeah these these are people who yeah so i mean really in there for their country one of the things i like about these war movies is the Uh human connection because like literally what sucks too is like in a matter of moments maybe a minute other soldiers show up after he's holding his friend like right and they help him carry and you can just see like they're just there yeah they say they're sorries and like you can hear like we're sorry for your loss people say that all the time which hey anybody who says that i 
I always appreciate yeah. the fact that they're trying, but this oh, yeah, one, you yeah. could feel like they mean it. Like they feel it. They mean it. It's not like yeah. this is what the only thing we know what to say. It's they're there. I, I think a lot of times when people say, I'm sorry for your loss, it's just, it's because it's the thing to do. And it's not necessarily because they understand what the loss is. Yeah. But I think that this group of soldiers, because they've probably all gone through extremely similar things. Yeah. When they say, I'm sorry for your loss, it's because they had that sort of loss mm-hmm. hit them too. Yeah. And like both are appreciated, but there's one that's just like, yeah. you could feel the weight of it in this one. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything to be done for Blake at that point. If these guys had shown up like a few minutes earlier, I think Blake was still going to die. I think the yeah. only thing that would have helped is if they had shown up before the guy stabbed him oh, and then sure, they could have yeah. helped pull the guy off. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something, anything. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it was, it was curtains for Blake either way. Yeah. And then you just like, you see the progression of Schofield with his determination. Cause like, mm-hmm. he's just kind of in zombie mode. Makes sense. This other, I don't know what the other guy's rank was. It was maybe a general or something. It was just oh, told, Mark strong. Yeah. That guy just told him like, know. best not to yeah. dwell on it. So like, you know, yeah. you know this, like it's not going to help you. Yeah, yeah, let's see. He was uh, Captain, Captain, Captain Smith. But then, like, when the truck gets stuck and you see Schofield start to, like, bark orders, like, you can see, like, his motivation, yeah. like, just kicking in, like, I'm not going to fail. Like, there's not, right. like, I have to do this. <laughs> I've come this far already. I mm-hmm. Blake just died. I saw, I, I held him while he died. No, I, this is not going to be it for vain now. Yeah. And you hear that, like, guttural, guttural scream when he's pushing the truck. Like, everybody's yeah. pushing it as well, but you could tell, like, he's giving it his all. <laughs> He's he's doing about 75% of the pushing. Like if he could fucking hulk out, he would have by now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And eventually gets that thing unstuck, gets them most of the way, but then just a freaking bridge is out. And probably a good thing too that that bridge is out because that town that he ended up in yeah. seemed to be kind of overrun by a bunch of German so- soldiers. Yeah, so, that, so those people probably would have died because then he has to go into a fucking sniper war from the yeah. low ground yeah oh bad place to be Uh yeah and he i i am shocked he didn't get like winged or something well yeah up until later on like he makes it in there and then sure and then it's you know you see him you you see him like hit the sniper Mm -hmm. and you're like okay is this guy done and so he starts sneaking up into that goes to clear the room tower or whatever and this was kind of comical for me not because like it was sad at the moment too but it was just like right. one of those moments like they both shoot them each other at the same time <laughs> yeah yeah the timing was crazy mm-hmm. yeah both of them were waiting for each other both knew what was coming and it was just like who can get the right shot off first which Schofield did great because the other guy was sitting in the room and Schofield had to open the door right so open the, the door. sniper had an advantage oh yeah no he was just sitting there his gun was trained on the door the entire mm-hmm. time uh that's oh, goodness what did i guess Schofield didn't have his helmet at that point no he Maybe did I, he okay, got shot well then, in the helmet yeah well good thing he had the helmet because like you oh. you hear the cling and then you oh, okay. see him fall back down the stairs and everything goes black. And I'm yeah. in the theater thinking, did they just end the movie? I don't like credits? What's happening? I, I, I'm thinking, my, my thought was like, they're not going to end the movie like that. Or maybe somebody else will find his body and find the note and then take over. Oh, that was, sure, sure, sure. I was thinking like, maybe they did kill him. That would have been crazy. What a, an insane movie that would have been. <laughs> yeah. But like, you but, can see like yeah. that wound in his head later. It yeah. was from the bullet, but more from the indentation of the helmet pushing into mm-hmm. his skull. So his helmet is what fucking cut him because the bullet dented it so bad. Oh, that's rough. But his helmet also did save his life. Oh, yeah. If no, he wasn't he wearing been, that thing, he would have been done. Yeah. So he, he's got a fucking bad gash in his, like a chunk of his skull missing and yeah. probably going to have oh, a yeah. gnarly scar, but... <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, yeah. Not really growing hair there anymore. And here's where we get the only visible cut in the film. Yes. Up to this point, I mean, production-wise, there were a bunch of hidden sneaky cuts and mm-hmm. everything. But the movie was uh, created to make it appear like the camera, the, the scene did not stop at any point until right now when he gets knocked out. Yeah, and it's a good place for a cut, I think. Thematically. Oh, yeah. it, it fits perfectly. And then, yeah. of and course, we haven't even really been talking about that thing this entire time. This movie is made out to be like a one take mm-hmm. uh, film, which is really, really freaking impressive. Yeah. And like really helps like put you into the moments. It, it, as you said, like they have like hidden cheat cuts, but it doesn't feel like it, it, just, it yeah. just it feels like they just kept going. And I was just like, how when I first watched this, I was so taken by it. Yeah. That my film brain turned off and all my my regular patron brain was just like, how big is this fucking set? <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, I, they it was big, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I bet they had the money to make it huge. Yeah. And it's uh, interesting. At this point, we get into the second chapter of this. And I, I think at this point, it really is Schofield. Um, like he's he, he's really not with Blake anymore. It's Schofield on his own mm-hmm. trying to survive, trying to get the message across. It's all up to him now. And how does he do it? Yeah. And then we yeah. see like he's literally uh, it kind of felt like a video game to me for a second not in a bad way hmm. i was just like hey all right i'm gonna walk through this maze oh fuck there's there's players here <laughs> i know it's very sneaky very almost like metal gear solid-esque mm-hmm. just like trying to sneak through germans are around here this entire town is burning yeah and it was just he like gets chased down a couple of times too and then runs into a civilian which yeah, i found so, like that some french girl yeah as an endearing scene because he, he after all his experience of trying to be nice right. he puts his gun down like granted he didn't even know she had a baby with her and yeah. who knows like what if she had something on her but he was just like no no, no. I, I this is like i'm not letting i'm like being corrupted here i'm puts the gun down takes off his weapons she tries to help him a little bit and he just hands yeah. over all his food and yeah. that one moment where he finds milk early on before blake died actually yeah. is relevant because like the baby needs milk <laughs> nah, nah. good on you film <laughs> yeah but it was just like one of those endearing moments until like, oh, you hear the bell chiming. I got to get yeah, moving again. Chimes six times and you could see him counting it off and you're counting with him. And yeah. you're like, OK, he has to get to where he needs to go in the morning. Like they mm-hmm. these guys are going to be sent off to their doom early in the morning. So and this is it, literally like, OK, you know what? They can see me. I know there are people out there. It's time to sprint. Like I'm know, this is like yeah. the most fucked up gamer frogger ever. Oh yeah, absolutely. Except instead of trucks and things and lily pads you're trying to hop into, you're dodging bullets. Mm-hmm. And they were yeah, pretty I get, I, bad shots at some points there. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, I know that these German soldiers are running and trying to fire those their own giant rifles, so yeah. maybe not the most accurate thing, but they miss every single time. Oh, yeah, and when they were going down that one hallway, they could have just dropped to a knee and just aim their shot because he was just going straight yeah Yeah. not that i wanted him to get shot it was just like more of one of those you could hit him if you took a moment (laughs) yeah i could have i'm glad they didn't Mm -hmm. oh man it was intense and then he just the the french girl tells him how to get to where he needs to go and she's like just follow the river and he leaps into (laughs) the river hey you know what and of course then it leads into a fucking waterfall I know. Yeah, it's it's some some rapids he's got to deal with. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, not a small waterfall, not big enough to really do anything bad to him. But it looked well, considering that he has his hand, he has his head wound that that could have been enough to wipe him out because his body is already compromised, essentially. Yeah. And there was a moment where he almost like he falls asleep, almost like he chokes on the water. Yeah. Almost drowns. 
And then at the end of the river where he, well, not at the end where, where he gets out of the river, it's just like a yeah. sea of bodies. Like uh, how many bodies does he have to fucking wade through? I, I'm glad his hand didn't go through any of these bodies again, but yeah. I mean, I guess he could have. They were all, they look bloated and, and just mm-hmm. bad. It looked bad. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, you know, I hope that poor woman and that baby, that baby who is not hers will be okay. But who knows that town looked like it was rough. I, yeah, it looked rough. Like I'm hoping that all the, the people, like the civilians that got killed, like the probably the mm-hmm. baby's mother was collateral damage. I don't think, at least in this film, the Germans were hunting them down. No, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I it was, feel like she could eventually, if she waited long enough, just sneak out. Probably. I mean, that, that town was destroyed. And I think the, the Germans that were there were just kind of mopping up. Mm-hmm. So she waits long enough and hopefully keeps the baby quiet enough. Then yeah. she'll just walk out eventually. Yeah. Or maybe they'll just like take her into one of their towns once they hear. Because like, if you hear a baby cry... Not much reason, at least at that point, to try to wipe people out. I don't know. I, I think I, th- I think during war, like some people are just it's heartless. I mean, you yeah. look at what happened there. You look at what happened to Blake and it's like mm-hmm. some some people are like, I don't care. Nothing's going to stand in my way. Anything that gets in my way that's not my side is is done. I'm killing yeah. him. Uh, and then like he ob- he breaks down like after getting out of the river, like understandably so. Oh, yeah. He's gone through. I mean, you see all those bodies piling up at the end of the river and it looks like he's climbing out of hell. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, thematically, metaphorically, he, he did just climb out of hell and you, you make it out of there and you're like, oh, boom. I, I'm surprised he didn't collapse. Oh yeah. And you see him kind of zone out when he's listening to like the singing that the, so one of the soldiers is doing to kind of prepare this squadron that he found. Ironically, yeah. the squadron he was looking for. Yeah. Whew. Lucky, lucky. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like, you just see him like, and that was another moment that I really appreciated because they're like, where did you come from? He's not one of ours. Like yeah. not one of our group, like one of their men. Right. It's like, yeah. And they try to help him. Like they're picking him up and it's just like, yeah. you see, nobody's like oh go help him being told like they're all just walking towards him voluntarily to trying to help yeah oh yeah i mean like we alluded to earlier everybody's in the same shit Mm -hmm. and and none of them i think maybe a lot of them were caught up and and joined the the war because you know rah rah our country all that nonsense but then they get there like oh this is the worst thing ever this is the worst of humanity and we've all got to have each other's backs Mm -hmm. and they did and they got him there and he he it was just a few short steps to these trenches yeah where everybody is gearing up as they as as we speak to go over and and get slaughtered and nobody wants to listen to him because like some people are just like we have them on the run like no you can't be right and the one's like well i'm not gonna listen to you you're not our commander like you want to go find him like yeah i was just like no if somebody's yelling that like maybe you start yelling to try to find the boss as well to go like hey somebody's here with this information Mm -hmm. should we should we stop? <laughs> yeah. Maybe think about it for just a second. Mm-hmm. Like risk getting yelled at later by your boss because you postponed for like five minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it seemed like a lot of people were like they, they wanted to listen to Schofield. They're like, maybe we could stop for a second. You know, uh, this could turn out to be nothing. Then we'll go and do this. But uh, I'm scared as hell right now. And I don't really want to do this. And there was one captain in the trenches who was just like bawling that had completely broke. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if it was just because, you know, uh, hey, he he's he's reached the end of his rope or if he did realize that, no, we're walking into a trap, but he he was done. For, he was done. Well, I feel like end of the rope. Plus, 
even though they thought they had them on the run, mm-hmm. the w- direction they were going was kind of like running into no man's land. Yeah. And yeah. just hoping you have the lead. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I love that. Like everybody's trying to stop him from getting to like a lot of people getting in his way. And you just to see his determination and one other soldier is just like, what are you doing? And he just gets up and starts fucking running like solo for a second <laughs> yeah. there. Oh, yeah. As bombs are going off around him and people are running uh, perpendicular to him. Oh, yeah. They start running perpendicular to him. But like he takes off on his own, like literally yeah. the main target to try to get to somebody to stop all of this. And then, of course, they blow their fucking whistles and start charging. Oh, God. Yeah. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And he gets there somehow. Schofield, you know, despite all of the bumps and bruises. And then like the two security guards blocking the main guy won't let yeah. him in. <laughs> oh, you're just yelling at the screen like, come on, he's right there. Mm-hmm. He's he's feet away from from saving everybody. Oh, yeah. And, you and then just... he eventually shakes them off. He's like, no, screw you. I'm getting in there. Oh, yeah. You can see in his eyes like I'm going to fucking deck you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And he gets in there and still he's got one more like uphill battle to, to fight with with old Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, he, he, who, yeah, they were who, right. who he was warned earlier by Mark Strong, by by Captain Smith saying, make sure there are witnesses there because this guy, some people just want to fight. Yeah. Like somebody to help keep him in check. Yeah. Which, hey, useful in a war, but you got to have somebody to cl- get knock some sense into you when it's not fighting time. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And it worked. Ooh, so so it came so close to not working. Oh yeah, and like the way he dismisses him, I was just like, I get it because you've been through all this war stuff. But damn, just tell him you're not go fuck off. Just like really, yeah. you have no idea what the fuck he just went through. Oh, yeah, Ugh. but I'm glad he listened. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he wasn't just like no, sawed off. Well, it I took care. some convincing, and then he had somebody else read it, and he was like, fine. Like he, yeah. he was pissed, and he even says it like. I'm going to stop today. Like he doesn't say the exact words, but like he says like, all right. And walks up to him. The only way we're going to win this is last man standing. Like, yeah, we're stopping because you're right. We don't have the advantage, but yeah, the only way yeah. is like we have to keep going. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he was suggesting like, okay, if we don't do this today, I mean, give it another, we're going to be, be another day, another day. Yeah. This is just the way this war is fought mm-hmm. is, you know, if not this hill, then we'll die on another hill. Yeah. And he so, gave him like you know. his version of a thanks, like go get patched up. Yeah. Yeah. Go to, go to the medical tent, go, you know, get some bread or whatever. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. And that, yeah, at that point it's, you know, all back on his desperate search for, for yeah. uh, corporal Lieutenant Blake. Yeah. Lieutenant Blake that after like he dealt with Cumberbatch, somebody actually thanks him. Like actually ah, tells yeah. him like, yeah. good job. Like, no, oh. like you could see like this guy understands what he just did. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I'm glad somebody did because I think Schofield really needed that. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, you're looking for so-and-so? He went over the hill because he always goes with his men. I know. Like, oh, man. And then you think, oh, no, <laughs> not not both Blakes. Yeah. I was just like, no, like, especially being so close. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, no. Thankfully, you know, you see him take a take a stroll through this medical tent full oh. of just dead or dying or just mutilated people. Yep. That's and what I was waiting for. Mutilated. It was just insane and sadly realistic uh, yeah yeah it was rough a lot of people with missing limbs are just like Huge. gore and viscera holes and falling out of them yeah uh, bad uh. stuff this was a real brutal terrible war to fight are you ready for another heartbreaking scene uh let's let's talk about it uh-huh. uh so he okay. finally finds blake alive so we're yes. anybody who hasn't seen it and you're kept listening to this episode in spite of our spoiler warning yes mm-hmm. what the one brother they were trying to save is alive phew 
Oh, mm-hmm. and and none the worse for wear. He seems like he's been like he he's a bullet dodger, man. Yeah, which was just nice to see. But then like the conversation is very very light because not much needs to be said. Like you see the excitement yeah. on his face, like, oh, you're with so and so? Oh, how, where is how he? is where, he? Where, he's yeah. like, how is he doing? He's like, we were sent out to come to give a message. He's like, he's here, like even more excitement. Yeah. You're like, oh not yeah, I know. Uh, Oh, damn you, movie. How could you do this to my emotions? And then literally, what uh, Schofield literally says, it was quick. Yeah, yeah. And, and you see a Don on uh-huh. on the other Blake. Yep. And then, of course, and this is one of the parts that really got me is you see him reach into his pocket to pull out his belongings. Yeah. And you see Lieutenant Blake is not looking down. Like, he doesn't want to look down because he knows what he's pulling yeah. out. He puts his hand out because the other, Schofield puts his hand out receives his brother's belongings and still like you see him just keep an eye contact like not looking at his hand not closing his hand because like mm-hmm. to me i took that as the minute i look at this stuff or the minute i close my hand i'm accepting what just happened yeah yeah Ugh, yeah so sad so sad man so mm-hmm. sad and it wasn't until like Schofield steps away for a second after listening like told him like go get chow go get cleaned up like trying to yeah. focus on something else and comes back to ask mission to write the mom. Yeah. That oh, then he, he starts cracking. He yeah. starts cracking and you see him like as he goes to shake his hand, then he finally closes his hand yeah. with the other the, kind of some acceptance. Yeah. It's just like, oof. yeah, uh, really, really sad. You, you just see so many of your men die and, and realize, I don't know if he realized, but something awesome just happened. So many of his other men just averted death for right mm-hmm. now. And you're like, oh, Oh, okay. We we might be okay. And then just to have that bombshell dropped on you. Especially so since like his brother seemed to be like more of a messenger, at least at his rank. So yeah. not as likely to be in the front line. So yeah, at risk, but probably wasn't expecting him to get that news. He probably thought he would die before his brother. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or hoped, you know, like mm-hmm. if somebody has to die, don't let it be my brother. Yeah. 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 Uh. <sighs> Yeah, it really, I mean, it really heartbreaking and really quick moment. A lot of these moments that were with like that weren't with Blake and Schofield were were very quick, but they got some very illustrious star powered names. You know, you got Colin Firth and Benedict Cumberbatch and Richard Madden from Game of Thrones. Yep. For these moments that last less than a few minutes and every single time each one of them is just they they bring their 100 percent a game we've said this before when we get like big names and sometimes we're like oh they didn't use them to their full capability no they they did on all these oh, performances 100 percent mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think a lot of these actors they they knew that they were going in for a day's worth of work mm-hmm. but they're like no i maybe they read the story or they or they heard about it from the director and they're like i'm sure they gave them the script and they yeah. read it and were just like, fuck, we got to help. We got to like, yeah. give it. No, I, I'm putting on, I'm, I'm giving my, my Oscar caliber performance here, mm-hmm. you know, even if nothing comes of it other than just like being a part of an amazing film. Yeah. And then just like that last scene where Schofield is under a tree with a, the back to the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a, a very interesting bookend because the mm-hmm. movie starts and ends with basically the same shot. Yeah. And then he's just looking at his family. Yeah. And he alludes to maybe having family earlier, but then we get there and we see him pull out those photos mm-hmm. and you see his daughters and his wife and it, the back of the card or the oh. photo on his wife says, come back to us. That one, I was just like, fuck, I'm done. <laughs> I know. And then the credits are all you're like, oh, thank God. Uh, uh-huh. I can't take anymore. Yeah. And it's just like that simple line. You're like, shit, because like such a simple, most loving request that probably all of them, so many of them have. Yeah. Maybe Blake had. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, I'm I'm. I'm sure the at the very least the mother <laughs> was that ah, said yeah. that which 
he loved his family so just like ugh. yeah uh yeah uh no yeah you saw it just to jump back a bit uh one of the last things schofield does for blake before he yeah. leaves blake is take that picture of his family and kind of sticks it into his jacket like here you can be with your family mm-hmm. like he, he gives it to blake and blake looks at it and then holds it to his chest as yeah. he dies and then like yeah as you said schofield kind of like puts it with him so at least it could be with him as he goes yeah heartbreaking yeah which leads to uh i, I think we had multiple suggested subtitles yeah. your your first one describes the movie perfectly <laughs> yeah i'll let yeah. you read that one. Uh, that was brutal. Yeah, that was brutal, wasn't it, Stephen? It, uh. it was brutal. And then mine, which Even, was more of a joke one. But if you don't cry true. a little, you must be a robot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rough. So so rough. How about to something, pref- hopefully a little lighter, our trivia for this film? <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah, we recounted all of these terrible moments. Let's talk about how the film is made. Yeah. Uh, well, we talked about it a little bit earlier. You know, Sam Mendes and, and the editor, Lee Smith, stated that despite the apparently continuous shot, uh, actually dozens of invisible edits were made, concealed uh, by tra- transitions through black or moving behind objects and so on. And if you look closely, you can kind of tell where they do it. Sometimes the, the camera will pass behind somebody's back and they're like, oh, there, it's, there mm-hmm. it is. Or I bet there was one during that explosion in the in the in the tunnels. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there was the obvious one where he gets shot in the head. Yeah, but it was very you know, strategic. Like they ha- did yeah. everything with a purpose, which sometimes we'll, you'll have some people do multiple takes or like get different angles, like which will side and post what to do later. No, no, right. I feel like no. this probably had one of the biggest storyboards ever. Oh, yeah. Biggest storyboards. And they they spent probably months blocking everything out and mm. getting down everything down to a, to a science. Yep. Especially because, you know, a lot of these scenes, you've got uh, special effects going off. You've got explosions, bullets flying around. Like there's, it's a big old production. So you have to get everything down perfect. And, and it, it worked. And yeah, they, they, it, I, I think it worked. I think it really helped accentuate and, and elevate the tension and the excitement and the drama of every moment yeah to have it play out in a single take oh yeah and like even that note you were reading their shortest unbroken shot was 39 seconds which is still not short and then the longest was eight and a half minutes like eight and a half minutes i think that broke that true detective's record right there shot oh easily easily Uh yeah a hundred percent eight and a half minutes to fucking not mess up your line walking or anything like even have all the extras keep do their stuff correctly Uh damn yeah yeah, yeah, it carries itself in in uh, the tradition of a long line of one shot films like Alfred Hitchcock's Rope, and um, there to there. I, I think there have been some films where there weren't any like invisible cuts, where it was actually a one take shot. There's mm-hmm. one I'm thinking of called Russian Ark, yeah, where it was like a whole hour and forty minute long film that was done in a like a real single take, and that kind of boggles my mind. <laughs> <laughs> because you know you have to every take is an hour and 40 minutes long mm-hmm. and it's insane and i don't know how you do that you know greg and i greg our old uh guest host and and friend greg dangler he, for one of his student films he did uh like a one take film which was also in 3d and and a first por- person point of view film and that production was crazy yeah like it was like maybe an eight or nine minute take but we ended up having to do it like six or seven times and every time you're like come on please let it work this time mm-hmm and feels like everything's writing on it. Yeah, that it's just intense. Like even this one, like, look, six months for the actors to rehearse yeah. the movie yeah. before shooting started because like they needed to get it right. 
I'm sure, you know, a few of those months was just them working with the director. And then mm-hmm. the last few months was like, okay, let's get every, let's get the whole like technical production side. Let's go step by step by step and let's make it work. Yeah. And you think, okay, they'll, they'll get it down as smoothly and as perfectly as possible, but still weird, crazy accidents happen. So you've also have to, as a production and in a cast, be ready for just unknown accidental things to happen Mm -hmm. like um i don't know if uh yeah i don't think this uh, i put this in the trivia but there were uh in in that last uh running scene where he's running and bombs are going off behind him schofield is trying to get to the cat to to get his message there were a couple of people who ran into him you saw yeah people bump into him those were accidents and you think okay the production has to be ready for that at a moment's notice too Mm -hmm. you know well and you could tell like whoo he just kept going. So that was probably like oh, yeah. genius on his part. And then the people who ran into him, I was actually starting to watch. Yeah. Once they hit the ground, they just stayed down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd say if, if you if you end up on the ground, I guess maybe they were given like orders from the, the AD or something. Like if you're on the ground, you're on the ground. Stay there. Yeah. And like it wasn't accurate because they could get up. It's not like they were shot, yeah. but it helped because. You didn't want anything else to draw your attention away from his run. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. for the shot, it makes sense. Yeah. My brain was like, you guys could get up, but I get why you're staying down. It's fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. It doesn't distract or anything. Yeah. But I got to like tip my hat to the to the pyrotechnic guys there, the guys who are doing <laughs> the explosions, because they didn't know that those accidents were going to happen. So they <laughs> they had to time those out and like delay something so that they didn't accidentally blow up Schofield, the actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, oof. Everybody was on it for that shot. Yeah. And then what was that? 5,200 feet of trenches were dug. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like some of these sets must have been huge. Mm -hmm. These trench sets were crazy. Um, Like just about as big as the lighting rig that Roger Deakins, cinematographer Roger Deakins used for the burning church was five stories high and consisted of 2,000 1K tungsten lamps, a total of two megawatts, just insane. Yeah. And this reminds me of, uh, uh, he, he also did, um, he, he shot Skyfall with Sam Mendes. And I remember seeing behind the scenes photos of him doing, I think, a very similar rig. If you recall, at the end of Skyfall, they had like this burning house. Yeah. Uh, and in a desert. <laughs> yeah. And they, he did a very similar rig. It's just a giant, a crap load of lights, of like warm tungsten lights just blazing and then in post you replace the lights with fire and so i think i think skyfall is sort of like a uh trial run for what ended up he ended up doing for 1917 here mm-hmm. probably the yeah definitely the largest rig ever created by roger deakins and and it it works so well there was that shot where he sort of you kind of see things burning in the background when he's going through that town but then eventually he stops and just like is looking at this town burning and you think, oh, yeah, I can see why they needed this much light, because this is an impressive blaze going on in front of them. Yeah. Oof. Oh, let's see. Any other interesting ones? Oh, like the ones about the, the production cast or staff posting signs around there. Uh, sections of the film were shot in and around Low Force on the River Tees in Teesdale. So the production staff had to post signs warning walkers in the area not to be alarmed about the bodies strewn around. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because, yeah, I think that would be unsettling if you're mm-hmm. walking around just for your your afternoon constitutional or whatever and you just see like dead bodies on the floor. Oh, my God. Oof. That this um that that final scene one mm. where yeah. Schofield is provi- like giving Lucinda Blake his brother's rings. <gasps> First take. 
or a steak. First take, best take. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that just goes to to prove what we were saying earlier. Richard Mann was like, I'm going to nail this thing so hard. I got to do it. And first take, bam. Super impressive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, let's let, let's wrap this up with a, a funny one. An extra said, I can't help but laugh at the final shot at the tree. About 100 extras used that tree to urinate on his toilets. <laughs> Uh, we had no idea that the ending would take place with the main actor sitting under it. <laughs> I'm sure they probably hosed it down. Uh, I would hope so. I hope so. But I feel like the smell of urine would be so strong that that probably helped him just to be kind of like zoned out. <laughs> yeah. Don't think about this. Just be in the film. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Uh, the, oh. That, that just helped him make it a little bit lighter. <laughs> so... Speaking of nothing that relates to our recommendation. <laughs> yes. Buy, rent, or str- is it a buy or a rental or a don't watch, which I doubt we're going to even use that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't say don't watch mm-hmm. unless like you really don't like war movies because it's this is a rough one. There are some really, really, really tough moments. Yeah. I don't think it's especially gory or violent necessarily. Uh, there are some like really disgusting, gory, violent war movies out there. Oh, if you, you, know, if you don't want, watch Saving Private Ryan, <laughs> if you want some not a little gory, not in a crude way next week. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'll yeah, say the, napalm. Oh, God, that's rough. Oh, that's bad. And but they showed a dead dog in this film. I did not catch that the first time in 1917. Yep. Oh, I guess I didn't catch that either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I won't say where or how it looked because I'll spare you. But I saw it. I'm like, no. Oh, boy. Well, there was that there was that alive dog at the beginning and it had me worried, too. But uh, Yeah, that one was fine. But OK, yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I don't really need to know. Mm-hmm. So but I, I think for, if this movie is, is your jam, I think it's worth a buy. You know, I would probably buy it just because I. I think it's a good movie and I'm such a huge Roger Deakins fan. So I would buy it. Uh, it's really got to be your kind of movie, though. Yeah. So it's definitely a watch. Everybody yeah. should watch it unless Sean's warning of if you can't handle a war movie, then that's not for you. But if you enjoy war films, it's the buy. Otherwise, rent it and if you, it's not something that you want to own, but it's it's both. It's an insta buy, in my opinion. Yeah. But you can decide if you just want to rent it for one viewing because hey some people may not be able to watch it more than once that's another thing this is not a like watch every year sort of a movie i don't think yeah like i told nicole i was watching it and she's like yeah we watched it in theaters together and i'm like so do you want to and she gave me a look i'm like nope okay you don't want to watch it again <laughs> like fair no, enough one and done yeah uh, that's that's fine with me I, I get it yeah oh boy but oh boy i yeah just oh boy <laughs> so i'm just gonna say great film though man great film great film And I want to say thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed hearing this episode as much as we enjoyed rewatching this film. Make sure to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever a person can leave us a review. It truly does help us out. And message us. Let us know any films you think we should cover or especially B-movies that we can use to torture Sean. I will continue to give that message until somebody gets a, but audience, why? Oh, please, let's get it over with soon. Hey, a torture doesn't have to be bad. It could just be like, wow, that was so bad that I was laughing because it was so bad. Fair point. All right. Make sure it's one of those. And, and, it, and you might be just saying, but audience, why did you ever show me this existed? <laughs> In a good yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yep, I'm going to say I am Scout Steve here with Lieutenant Sean. And you've been listening to more movies. Please. Please.